Hi, this is Stuart Hardy with All In Sports Outreach, and I'm so excited about a new episode of our podcast. Today, you're going to hear from Rachel Barbo. Rachel enjoyed a very successful career as a sportscaster, radio host, Heisman voter, but more importantly, she is the founder of the movement called Changing the Narrative. She pours into the lives of coaches, athletes, even law enforcement officials with this message of living a life of purpose, passion, and platform. But more importantly, Rachel is a passionate follower of Jesus, understanding the platform that God has given her and her purpose to love God and love others through changing the narrative. So without further delay, let's jump right into it. Thanks for joining me today, Rachel. I'm so excited to be here. Yes. So I'd like to start these off just with some background information, just so the listeners know a little bit about you. So if you don't mind, just tell us a little bit about maybe where you grew up, a little bit about your family growing up and some, you know, your your interest in sports. Yeah, I had two brothers that played everything from baseball, basketball, archery, tennis, BMX, bike racing, um, football, I mean, just all of it. And so we were always at a track, a meet, a game. Um, We were always somewhere. And um, I remember, think, I think my mom put me in soccer and what else did we, I tried softball. Neither one of those things worked. I was really good at church volleyball, but that was about it. Um, and uh, that was about the extent of my athletic gifts. And it, it was around that time that I really realized that I was going to do something in front of people, something communication-based, something in that re- realm. I didn't know what it was. I just knew that I was more of a spectator, my friend, than I, than I had the athletic gifts. And so... I'm very blessed to have sports in my life as as uh, as a background. And then later on, when I would be at Auburn, uh, working for the campus TV station and get sent out to cover uh, the baseball team. And I was a diamond doll at the time. And I remember interviewing Steve Renfro and being so nervous. Uh, my eyeballs, I think, were shaking. I was sweating. I was so nervous. I didn't know if to tell. And, um, and I had my shirt on, by the way. It says, if you build it, they will come. My Field of Dreams shirt. And... And I totally believe that. And so um, so that was the moment that really kind of the clouds parted and the sun shone through. And it was like, aha, aha, like I am going to do sports and be a sportscaster. And so from that moment forward, I, I was a sportscaster and, and it was beautiful and lovely up until and, and it didn't stop being beautiful and lovely. It it just um, my purpose came from that. And as my friend Gina Leahy says, uh, the former uh, she was one of the heads of the college football playoff and now at the NCAA. She said, honey, the 17 years you spent as a sportscaster was just a runway for what you're doing now. Mm, that's mm-hmm. awesome. Mm-hmm. Talk about maybe a challenge, too, in the sportscasting field, be, being a woman. You know yeah. what? You know, being around a male dominant sport, what challenges did that bring? Or maybe opportunity? Opportunities, for sure. But I think I would be... Um, I think I would be negligent if I didn't tell you for those that um, that have gone through this um, in whatever realm that it it was also very hard. Um, I was coming up at a time where um, you didn't you didn't want to be the whistleblower because if you were, you would never work again. And um, I had some instances and things happen with bosses and whatnot. And I went to a couple of male mentors and they cried, but they all said the same thing. If you blow the whistle, Rachel, You'll never work again in this industry. And now I'm so thankful that we are in a time and place where a whistleblower is celebrated for be- telling the truth and for bringing light to a nasty, foul situation. And so, um, yeah, just um, I- I'm, gr- I'm grateful that that um, and I'm, I'm, all, I'm grateful and I'm sad at the same time that I had to go through it. 
but I, but I also know that I went through it so things could change and things could get better and women don't have to deal with that anymore. And, um, I remember I had a, an agent tell me, um, one time he was like, you didn't get the job because of your gender. And that, like, I remember sitting on my stairs and crying, like, whoa, like, you know, you can't change your, or you, you can change your gender. But for me, I wasn't going to change my gender. And, and, um, and I, I remember just how hard that hit me. And so there was a, lots of times I thought about quitting, but I had one young woman that I was mentor, mentoring and I mentored over 40 women uh, in the last seven or eight years of my career. And, and she said, but Rachel, if you quit, what will I do? And mm. I remember going, ooh, yeah. I was like, uh, that it, that's, that's good. That's, that's really good. And so um, being the first female host on SiriusXM on their college channels and voting for the Heisman and hosting the college football playoff for the first five years, it was, it was um, pretty amazing. I never set out to break barriers or to make history, herstory, <laughs> um, but that's exactly what I did. And I, I'm so glad through all that pain um, is, is a, you know, look, you get bitter, you get better. This was what I teach in my movement, bitter, better. Your pain is your purpose. And so I choose to let it make me better. I'm not a bitter woman. And, and I'm so grateful that some of the things that I went through, again, could pave the way for better times uh, in a lot of areas. And we still have a long way to go, but better times in a lot of areas for young women in the industry. Right. And I also want to ask you, too, about your faith. I mean, your faith is a big part of who you are. So kind of just give us a, just a brief snapshot of your faith journey and, and the role that your faith played in your career. Yeah. So I was saved um, in junior high at a church camp, and I, I I still remember it like it was yesterday. I was not going to go down. I was white knuckling the pew in front of me, and and uh, I, I you know told God I wasn't going down. And, and somehow miraculously, those fingers came up off the pew, and I felt like I was ushered down to the front. And so I uh, gave my life to Christ. And but I. Um, I had, and I'm not ashamed to say this because I'm, I'm, I'm on good standing with all of them, but you know, my life, if I had a sitcom for my life, I would call it my three dads. I had an adopted father, a stepfather and a biological father. And so I had daddy issues. And I, uh, I know now the devil used that, um, to whisper insidious and terrible things to me. And so as much as I love God, I got away from God in my twenties and, and even developed a serious drug addiction that was private. And I don't, I haven't really talked about it a ton. It's kind of the next thing I plan to talk about and I'm changing the narrative. And, and, um, and I, I remember towards the end of that, God giving me a vision and saying to me, my girl, you're either going to kill yourself, kill somebody else. You're going to break your family's heart. You're going to end up in jail. And he said, um, you're like a one way, you're like a train going million miles an hour wrong, the wrong way down a track. And he gave me that vision. And what I love about God is there was never condemnation. It was conviction. Even mm. in my iniquity, even in the, the, the guttermost. And now I say he takes me from the guttermost to the uttermost. Even in my iniquity, it was never um, anything but I love you. Come back to me. You are beautiful. You are strong. I made you for more than this. And so I rededicated my life at, 20, at 29 years old. I got clean miraculously. And, um, and I've never looked back. And people say, if, if people ever ask me, you know, why are you so crazy about God? And I say, because I should be dead in a ditch. I should be dead. And he saved me. 
And if somebody brings you out of that, how can you not tell the world about mm. that person, your best friend, your Abba father, your Papa. And that's why he's my everything, my friend. That is awesome. I love, I love <laughs> that. And just the passion. I'm, I'm sitting here fighting back tears too, hearing that. Cause I just think that's, you know, a lot of people are ashamed of what you talked about. You talked about your, your, your drug addiction, but then no yep. condemnation. And I just think there's a lot of people that are probably going through something very similar and are, and are scared. So I, I love the transparency and I love, and I can't wait to hear more about that on your platform. And you mentioned I'm changing the narrative. So let's jump right into it. So there's a, there's a yeah. movement. I'm not going to call it yeah. an organization. It is a movement called I'm changing <laughs> the narrative. So kind of give us what the background. I mean, how, how did I'm changing the narrative start? Yeah. Okay. So first of all, I want to say this um, about what we were just talking about quickly. And I think it's, um, it's that the devil will mm. use shame Amen. to keep you hemmed up. He will keep you. One of the things that I lost my mom in 2019. And one of the things that my mom taught me, one of the most beautiful lessons she taught me was when you get, when you mess up, the devil wants to keep you separated from God. He wants to keep you in the dark. He wants to keep you down. He wants to, you're, you're disgusting. You're broken. You're, you're defective. That's the, some of the things he told me. But my mom gave me the, the greatest, I think, lesson in life. And that was when you mess up, you get up and you chase God with a fervor that scares hell. And so mm. now when I mess up and God has convicted me, I run to him like a loving father and say, I'm sorry. I'm sorry I hurt you. I'm sorry I let you down. I love you, dad. You know, I love you, daddy. And so um, and so I think that's the, the, the I want if somebody on here has got, you know, we were recently talking about um, online about porn addictions um, mm-hmm. about a drug addictions, about, you know, things going on in your marriage or your relationship, secret sins, man, the devil will have you keep it to yourself. And I just want to tell people to run to God with a fervor that, that chase, that, that scares hell. And, and, um, so I needed to say that, um, cause I feel like that was for somebody that's listening to this podcast. Somebody's har- harboring a, a big weight of a secret sin, and they don't want to tell. And I just want them to know the truth shall set you free. Um, but yeah, the movement. And thank you for calling it that. It's not an organization. It is a movement. And, and I had my business manager a couple of, even it was like a year or so ago. He said, have you ever stopped to really think about it, Rachel? Like, um, other than my friend, Brenda Tracy, um, that I know of, you know, that, that I know uh, intimately her movement. There aren't a she, he was like, well, look what you created, like from the ground up, from the scratch, from like scratch. Look what you've created over 40 universities. Like, you know, multi- I'm going to LSU uh, for the third time next week. I just got back from Texas Tech, visited with them three times, been to Oregon twice, been to Alabama, Auburn, Clemson. I've been to so many amazing programs. And he said, you know, sometimes I want you to stop and, and think about what you've created from the ground up. So thank you for calling it a movement. But it is called I'm Changing the Narrative. And it originally started in 2016 as a response to that really dark summer. Um, And that was on the heels of Penn State. We were in the thick of Baylor and there were domestic violence, sexual violence. There was stuff going on all over the country. And I remember doing shows at Sirius and I would have to back up during the break and just cry. And I was like, um, God, what am, what am I, what's happening here? And, and, 
God made me a do something girl. So I run to trouble instead of away from trouble. So I was just audacious enough to believe that I could affect change. And so I created this simple curriculum and it started with football players. Now it's morphed out to all athletes and regular folks and law enforcement and churches and corporations. It's, it's really awesome. But, um, it was started as a simple message of purpose, passion platform, my own experience with domestic violence. Who are you away from the field? And now my gosh, four and a half years later, it's interpersonal relationships. It's being a king or queen or royal every day of your life. It's self-love, self-care, good love for yourself and others, mental health, uh, interpersonal, again, interpersonal relationships, talking about how to date. We, you think mm. about this for your coaches out there that are listening. We expect Johnny in your program or Demario in your program. They're 17 years old. They're 16. You're expecting them to know how to treat a lady, treat a little girl, um, or do a relationship, and you don't know what Johnny or Demario have seen growing up. You don't know if, if mom was not there, dad was not there, mom hit dad, dad hit mom, drug abuse, alcohol, whatever it may be, man. And then we're just expecting, we assume, and we know what happens when we assume that Demario or Johnny should know how to do relationships. And they don't. There's so many people out there, broken people, old and young, that are taking their childhood stuff-ish and they're bringing it into their relationships. And so um, I just try not to assume people know right from right and wrong from wrong. I try not to assume that people know how to do relationships. And I, I you know, listen, at the end of the day, um, I think why it works for me is, and I've heard this over and over again, is you don't, yeah, 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 point your finger. You go in there, Rachel, and they say, you reminded me of who I was created to be. Boom. You built me up. You talked me up. You brought me up. You inspired me. And now we give them the tools to be able to take that and use it every single day of their life. I love that because you're right. Because so many people come in and they talk to especially high schoolers and tell them what's wrong with the world, what's wrong with them, all the mistakes everybody's making. But I don't know many people that come in and tell them how great they are, that everybody is created for a purpose. Everybody has talents, gifts, and abilities. I, I love that. So, you know, talk to that high school coach that's listening. You gave them a snapshot, but tell them about, you know, you, you told them a little bit about why, but what are some other benefits to them as a coach to check out even the digital program you have? I mean, they don't even have to fly Rachel in to talk. You have a digital platform that is easy all they have to do is yeah. it's it's online. So talk about that. Yes. Yeah, so I created this digital platform um, the year my mama was passing, about the six eight months before then, and um, and and I created it because I knew I couldn't be everywhere and I'm only one person. And it's and and originally it was called High School King, and then I started to think about it. And we're in the process of creating the Queen program, but then I started to think about it. And I and he, here's another nugget. I like to give people nuggets. Um, Dream, you need to speak your dreams out loud. When you speak mm. your dreams out loud, I call it throwing spaghetti against the wall. When you speak your dreams out loud, you never know um, what's speaking them, what magic that gives them. And so I was meeting with somebody, this great marketeer, and I said, I just got to tell you about this program. I said, I have this audacious belief and dream that somewhere somebody's going to get their hands on this program and they're going to so decide not to shoot up their school. They're going to decide mm. not to take their own life. They're going to decide not to um, perpetrate an act of violence. They're going to decide not to beat that person up. They're going to decide not to, because it because it talks about dating, inclusion, kindness, bullying. I mean, mental health, all of it. It's 26 short chapters with an 18-page workbook. It's awesome. Very affordable. 
And so I tell, I tell my dreams to this guy and he gets quiet and he says, um, you're going to rename your program and you're going to rename it before the first shot. And I was like, wow, wow, how powerful. And he said, I even see a commercial where you, you see a guy, a young man who's ostracized or bullied, go to get a gun out of his car. And then you back up, it goes in backwards motion and you watch him take in your program and decide not to do that. Right. And so back to what we were, we were talking about before is I believe we all have heavenly gifts. Okay. My program isn't faith-based, but I am. Okay. Mm. My heavenly gift is I'm an encourager. God made me an encourager and a connector. And I call myself a professional encourager. And oftentimes troubled people, um, people that are, that are thinking about taking their own life, perpetrating that to violence, whatever it may be, man, if they knew somebody cared about them, if they, if somebody could encourage them, if somebody could tell them you're not bad, you're not defective, you're not broken, um, how we could change the world. And so, um, this program is just is me, which you get me live, but it's but it's short. It can be taken on their phone. It can be taken on their iPad. It can be taken, uh, you know, you send them home and you, they do it by themselves or you do it together as a class. Right. And then the coolest part of it is when you're done, if you do an, uh, uh, a service project, either in your school, your community or with your team, then you become a changing the narrative ambassador. You get swag. Mm-hmm. You go in our database. Um, you can get connected to a, a number of our athletes. And I have to tell you this neat thing that we're starting. I haven't even talked about it really to many people, but um, every 15th of the month, we're starting a program called PALS, which is Player Alignment Liaison. And it's a free resource every month. It's a Zoom call that'll have a motivational story from one of my kings or queens. And it's by athletes for athletes. Okay. So if it's a former high school high schooler, if it's a former college player, if it's a former pro player, if it's a former coach, so it's by athletes for athletes and mentors. So what what that that one uh, in addition to before the first shot, what this free resource does is it lets people know they're not alone. So like this fifteenth call, my friend, will be one of my kings telling a story, and then we have this amazing. Um, he's a genius when it comes to. Bitcoin and trading, and he's written a ton of books. So he's going to give like ten minutes and teach how to how to how to go about that and learn that industry. Mm. And then we're going to give business tips, and then we're going to have access to mental health resources and mentorship resources. And if you have fatherlessness, if that's an issue for you, and you know somebody wants to have a father figure mentor, we've got that too. And all it is is a free resource because what we've recognized is for a lot of athletes, when the lights go out. They don't feel like anybody cares about them anymore. They feel alone. They feel isolated. They have issues with their identity. And so I just said, what can we do at I'm Changing the Narrative to reach people far and wide that, um, that we need to touch? And so I've got about 15 of my former kings and queens, white, black, pink, purple, who are joining me on this by athletes for athletes. And we're so excited. That is amazing. I, I, I love it. <laughs> I can only imagine... Um, what's to come of that, right? Because because athletes right. love to hear from other athletes. I mean, everybody loves a good story. So speaking of that, I mean, is there a just a story or a testimony or two that you'd share from the movement of, you know, maybe it's one of the colleges you visited. I know you've posted a bunch of them on social media, and I love when you share those because it just, it, it makes it real. So share with the listeners just a, a story, a testimony or two. You know, um, I'm in the process of writing a book right now, and I'm, you know, I've got. I'll, I'll, I'll 
do the screenshots and um, and I'll save them. But there's so many, you know, and it's it's um, you remember the recent ones, and sometimes you remember the old. But there's so many, and um, and I'll say this before I tell a story. All I want to do is end up in heaven, and God to say, "Well done, my good and faithful servant." But I can't wait to see the people because I've heard from different pastors that when you get to heaven, God shows you the, the the picture of the people that you touched, either knowingly or unknowingly. And um, one of my one of my players, um, this is probably one of the most impactful, and there's been many, but one of my players, he messaged me after a talk and he said, um, Miss Rachel, he said, I, I just want to tell you that you said kings do hard things. You know, kings, kings run to trouble instead of away from trouble. It's going to cost you skin off your back, money, time. And he said, um, so I picked up the phone and I called my deadbeat dad. Mm-hmm. And I told him I forgave him. And um, he said, I realized that I was turning out just like him. And, um, and, and I, I, I went back and I thought about, I thought about um, how that father must have felt. Never gotten anything right in his entire life and has received grace and mercy, just like we receive grace and mercy from God every single day. And, um, and he said, I feel like a two-ton weight was lifted off my chest and I can now be the man that God created me to be. And what I want to tell coaches is, don't you think that young man watches film better? Don't you think that young man runs faster in practice? Don't you think that young man does relationships better? Absolutely, because he's not carrying an invisible weight that we call funky junk around his neck. We've had the same stories, my friend. I was at uh, UAB and afterwards, two players told me, this just before Christmas a few years back, two players told me, that they were estranged from their mamas and Mm. one because their mom was a drug addict, hadn't spoken to her in years. The other was just some other beef. And I said, what would it take before Christmas to reach out to your mama and to, um, and to try to reconcile. And I got a message from both of them before Christmas that they had reconciled with their moms. And I was just, that was the best Christmas present I'd ever gotten in my life. And there's thousands of more of those stories that, People, these young athletes in high school carrying that same weight and don't know how yep. to lift that weight. And to your point, um, you know, for that coach listening, they're going to, you think they're a good athlete now? Take that thousand pounds off their back and their shoulders that they're carrying around that you don't know about. And they're even a greater athlete, a greater person, a greater student. Um, that's that's greater teammate. So that's that's incredible. So how would a coach – get more information or yep. sign up for I'm changing the narrative and bringing it into their program. You're so awesome. Um, they would go to I'm the letter I, the letter M changing the narrative.org, the letter I, the letter M changing the narrative.org. Um, and we'll just hit contact and we'll get in touch with you right away. We're very, very responsive. I'm also really responsive on social media. So um, happy, happy to do that too there. The other thing, again, another nugget for your coaches, get comfortable being uncomfortable. Coaches mm. ask me all the time. They ask me all the time. I don't know how to start having conversations about mental health. Here's the first thing you do. Take off your own mask. Okay. What are you talking about, Rachel? Not your COVID mask. Your, re- your, your mask you've been wearing. You've been tough. You've been strong. Roar, roar, roar for your players. No, you tell your players something that you've been through in your life that was meant to kill you, but it didn't. Something that you came through. It doesn't have to be trauma. Something, something that you lived through. A car accident it might be trauma. It might be an illness. It might be something you've overcome. It might be a mint. I don't know what it is in your life, but you've overcome something that if you take off your mask 
And you tell those players, man, radical vulnerability. I was just at Texas Tech. I love me some Matt Wells and and uh, we're dear friends, love his family. And and I, I, I asked the players in front of their coaches, if if your coach got real with you, would it not make you want to play your guts out for them? And they said, absolutely. So that's how you begin to have that conversation is you unmask yourself and then maybe you, you do small groups, you know, maybe a guy, another great one is PJ Fleck about allowing me to have these conversations. And I remember I was up there a couple of years ago when I first started talking about mental health and I, at the end of it, I, I held up the microphone and I was like, does anybody want to talk about something that was meant to kill them? that didn't. Does anybody want to take off their mask? And I got to tell you, my friend, my heart was beating like out of my chest. I was like, you know, and it felt like four hours, like nobody was going to take the mic. <laughs> but then finally, one guy took the mic, finally. And he started talking about being homesick and anxiety. And then another guy took the mic and he talked about drinking too much. And then another guy took the mic and talked about beefing with his mom. And then another guy, and it was like, and I was just on the floor just going, what? Like, is this real life? And so I'm telling you, when you get radically vulnerable, it allows other people around you to do the same. That is so awesome. I mean, I could hear those stories literally all day, but because to me, it's just encouraging. And it's just a reminder yeah. to me that we all have junk. We yep. all are wearing some type of mask, right? And yep. Yep. everybody, all of us, I'm not talking to, you know, pointing out at a listener, I'm talking about even myself, just remove it all. The, the change that we can have in our culture is beyond comprehension. Yep. We, would, we would erase the stigma of mental right. health. We would. And, and, and here's one last, last thing. I just love you. Um, is that it's one thing for me to go in and talk to players, but if they go back to coaches that, that perpetrate a stigma that say you're weak, you're what's wrong with you, toughen up, man up, get it together, don't cry, keep moving, or they call them worse, a P word or whatever it oh, is yeah. for expressing mental health, then you've just undone everything that I've done in them. Okay? So if you got somebody on your staff that you know is, excuse my French, a meathead that is a that is himself not evolved, himself not understanding that you can't when you call somebody that you perpetrate ages old stereotypes about masculinity, if you got that guy on your staff, it's your responsibility to get him help, call him out or remove him from your staff. And why am I so passionate spinning all over myself is because I don't want you to lose a player. That's right. Suicide rates are through the roof. I don't want you coach to get the call in the middle of the night that one of your players has taken their life or stepped in front of a train. Or is it a real bad place? I don't want you to get that call. And every little thing that you do and pour into them either contributes to that or helps them step out of that. Either tearing them down or building them up. And Amen. we all want to say, but not in my house, not in my program, not in my church. Yeah. You know, those are problems somewhere else. But what you're talking about is something that we all have to jump in and be a part of. It's not someone else's job. It's not because, oh, not, not under my roof. We're all cool. Yeah. Yep. You know, I had a, um, I, I'll share this. My, my oldest son, as we're recording this, had a knee arthroscopic surgery yesterday. Um, and, you know, not something that was expected, but we were talking to a friend who their son had this very similar issue. Um, and that kid's identity was in sports. 
and going through a surgery a year and a half ago, I mean, mental health nosedive, had to go seek counseling, seek help because identity, right? And so, you know, I've been thinking a lot about what we're talking about because, you know, here my son is, right before I came and hit record, I'm re-icing his knee and making sure he's got everything he needs, you know, and, you know, we're trying to focus on how, how are you up here? How are you, you know, mentally, yes. because yes. thankfully, you know, he's, he has a good foundation in, in, in faith, but there's so many athletes that the identity is, is sports and something can happen on the field that takes that away. And then, then you realize you have a problem. So yep. I just, I'm just passionate about what you're talking about because I feel like we can get ahead of it. <laughs> before there is a, you know, before that athlete does face that injury that sends them into that tailspin. If we, you know, talk about what you're talking about. So anyway, we could talk hours. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm going to ask you this. Um, I love, I love this question because it's, it, it encourages me. So is there a Bible verse that has encouraged you recently or that you live by that you'd share? Yeah. Um, um, Romans eight twenty eight has just kind of been the um, the verse of my life the last few Amen. years. I lost my dad. I lost my mom, and um, I have I've known you know like I said that you know drug addiction to to getting clean um, a few years back, and um, you know COVID and 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 creating in, in this movement surviving during COVID, and um, so Romans eight twenty eight man in all things he works in all things, and so. That is really comforting to me as a believer that even the most horrific things that I think that are that are that are meant to kill me that are um, that are really sad that are gutting that God will use that to make something beautiful. I just have to trust Him, and I just have to keep and leaning on Him and get up underneath His wing in the storm. And so I cling to that verse that God will use all things for His glory. I love it too because. You know, I grew up in a church, and so I've heard that verse all my life, and it wasn't until I lost my dad, um, April will be seven years, that it really became real, that God could take something so horrific, so painful, so awful, and that good would come from it. You Mm -hmm. know, when you lose a, you know, I I know how close you were to your mom. I was that that close to my dad. I mean, we would, we, we may not talk on the phone every day, we text constantly throughout the day, usually over telling jokes sometimes, but when that's immediately gone and then you can go and go, you know what, but God used that for good is when it becomes mm-hmm. real. So I, I love that. Um, and I think it applies to what we've been talking about with I'm changing the narrative. You're talking about dealing with the bad that's then going to be redeemed for good. I love it. That's awesome. Yeah. You're, you're paying for purpose, bitter or better. Pain for purpose. I love that. I love it. Thank you so much. I know we've exchanged messages over months of getting this done, but I really believe this was God's timing that we're doing it today. It's God's timing when it's going to be released. And just know that you have a big cheerleader um, in the Hardy house here in Texas. And uh, we love you and we love what you're doing and really believe in it and, and are really behind you. Well, thank you, my friend. I'm so grateful for you. Wow. So thankful for Rachel and her passion and uh, just spending time with us and just giving us a glimpse of her story and the movement that she started called I'm Changing the Narrative. And before I get too far into the conclusion, let me just say in the show notes, there's a link to her website, which you can find out more about the movement and how to contact Rachel and and get involved. But I just want to say 
this is clearly God's timing. Um, we've been trying to get this scheduled uh, for for a while, for weeks, for several months, and um, as God would have it, this is the perfect time. And I got to tell you, this is one of the most authentic, transparent conversations I've had with a guest. And I just I, I love Rachel and her her passion for Christ, her passion for others. And just emptying herself and being vulnerable and sharing some deep, dark secrets of her life that we may all be encouraged. We may all fall more in love with Jesus and, and understand our purpose and, 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 and discover our passions and that we all have a platform. So thank you again to Rachel. And I just want to thank you for listening. Um, I know you've been encouraged as I have, and I would ask you to share this episode with a family member or a friend, someone in your life that you feel like may need some encouragement, share. Also, if you're not a subscriber to this podcast, I'd encourage you whatever platform you're listening to right now, just hit the subscribe button. There's over 160 previous episodes that uh, will encourage you as well. So I'd, we thank you for doing that. And the last thing is, we love to hear from you. You can go to our website, www.allinsportsoutreach.org, or our social media pages on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and the search bar. Just type in All In Sports Outreach. You can find out who we are, why we do what we do, opportunities to pray, to serve, and to give. Most of all, we thank you for your support, your encouragement, and your prayers.